Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us wherever you're listening this afternoon across our Super Talk affiliate network or online, wherever you are. Welcome to the Eagle Hour and glad to wrap up another week with you here on the Super Talk Radio Network. Uh, as I say, Bob Getty and uh, Luke Johnson, First Bank Studios, Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly will be joining us a little later. In just a moment, we're actually going to talk about a football game. That's something we haven't been able to do in quite some time. But before we get to that, let me remind you about Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the opening segment each and every day of the Eagle Hour. Great food seven days a week. What a better night than Friday night to enjoy some Dickie's Barbecue. You can do it through their drive through take home or home delivery. You can eat even eat inside if that's what you choose to do. But whatever you choose, be sure you choose Dickie's Barbecue Pit. All right, as I said, we're ecstatic to actually have a football game tonight, and we'll be broadcasting Presbyterian Christian School and Escambia Academy out of Alabama on our Hattiesburg affiliate, WFMM, tonight. Also, you can really listen to the ball game anywhere you want to listen to it. You can just go to our uh, Hattiesburg website, uh, supertalkhattiesburg dot com, and the game will be streamed uh, across that as well. Also, uh, Presbyterian Christian School has a streaming service of their own. So, we wanted to bring the athletic director of Presbyterian Christian School, Rob Shillito, uh, and also the man that's going to be the color commentator along with Caleb Hamill for tonight's broadcast. And Coach, we're very excited to have uh, Presbyterian Christian School join the uh, Super Talk family and. I could just speak for all of our listeners. We're just excited to see a real live football game tonight. Look, let me tell you, you guys mentioned it before, just the fact that we actually get to talk about football games at this point, you know, because with so much uncertainty leading up to it, there's always the, you know, what if, what if, what if, and we finally reach Friday night, we get football, our guys are excited, our school is excited, so that little bit of buzz in the air that comes along with a Friday night is entering back in, and I think everybody likes to feel that. There's no question about that. Now, excuse me, Coach, tell us, Tell us how the the private school athletic association has prepared for the season and what will be different tonight in the way that you guys handle your football team uh, than maybe in normal times. You know, there's been countless times so far this year that we've looked around and said, would you have ever thought we would be doing this? Um, But the unique nature of of the private school world is that we do have a little extra flexibility governing. Um, Now, we follow pretty much everything that the CDC has said to a letter so far this summer because for us, we started workouts again back in June. But it was all socially distanced, so we had circuits spread out, everybody spread out, which has been, you know, probably the most unique thing that we've done so far, because when it comes to practice, it's hard to practice the game of football socially distanced, and and, (laughs) I was talking with my, my coach earlier today, and he said, you know, 
our time on the bus is probably going to be the first time the entire team has been within that close of a distance for more than 10 minutes. So that's the, that's the tough thing that we've, we've had because, you know, we've prepared all these different groups and we operate really with a cohort approach here at PCS to where we had our position groups and small groups and spread out. So we do as much as we can because you just don't know if, if one of our kids is going to be testing positive. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you know, you've got the quarantines to deal with. So we've tried to mitigate as much and keep our kids as safe as possible. But that comes with it. Not as much hitting as we've typically done. Not as much full team scrimmaging as we've typically done. So it's going to look different um, as far as, you know, our, our kids before they enter a bus we're checking temperatures we're using hand sanitizer we've got seating charts i mean there's all these different steps that we've gone into that give an atypical feel but for our kids we're still trying to instill guys we get to play football mm-hmm. you know don't get distracted from the reality that we still get to play the game of football and get excited about that be be thrilled that we have the opportunity to get out there and our, our kids are really trying to buy into that and, and you start to see that in particular as the kids are walking through the hallways with their football jerseys on and the kids are telling them hey good luck congratulations so it, as atypical as it is i think they're starting to really get into that okay it's it's game mm-hmm. day let's go do what we're trained to do how good does this sound to you luke johnson I'm just excited that there's football in South Mississippi. Like that's, that, I'm I'm going to listen tonight. Just be just to say, wow, this is happening. It's actually happening, you know. And it's happening. It's not happening like with NASCAR a long way away or the PGA a long way away. It's in our backyard, and and it's really happening. What what have uh, have been the the I guess you talked about the bus, but what's been some of the the toughest things to to deal with? And uh, I guess the kids have just bought in uh, hook, line, and sinker to. To, to know that unless they do those things, football wouldn't take place? Well, you know, the, the very first workout that we had back January, probably I think third, I think that was the Monday we came back, and we had everybody spread out on the football field, and I stood in the middle of everybody, and I said, guys, look, I want you to know something. I want you to look around, and I want you to know that the decisions you make are directly going to affect the guys beside you. And when we started to get that across to our kids, that, hey, this isn't just about you possibly being exposed, possibly testing positive. Whatever you do is going to affect 5, 10, 15 other people. And when they started to realize that, started to realize, like, okay, this is, this is something that we're taking really seriously, and these are the safety procedures that we're putting in place, it was really unique to see that there was probably a one- or two-day learning curve. But after that, they were locked in. And I, I give my coaching staff a, a ton of credit for the way that they've handled it and really, I guess, digested what we're trying to do. Because without them instilling that in our kids, we wouldn't be where we are right now. Um, and, and I'll say, you know, we've been fortunate because a lot of times, you know, whether somebody tests positive or is exposed, sometimes it's just a fluke thing. Um, you know, PCS, we still haven't had a positive case yet here. Um, so we count ourselves fortunate there. But I do. There's there's something to be said for our kids keeping themselves safe, and and you know they've had sacrifices. We've had kids that you know we, they didn't go to the beginning of school breakfast that, that was last week because they wanted to be safe on the off chance that somebody tested positive. We've had kids that haven't had birthday parties, things that they would normally do, or didn't go on a family vacation. We had a couple of those because they knew that that could possibly put this season at risk. And they weren't willing to take that step. So, 
you know, our, our kids have done a great job. And, and, you know, what they're really seeing today is the fruit of those sacrifices. You know, they've, they've yeah. put a ton in both physically, but now just of all the different things that they've done or denied themselves of this summer in order to get to this point, they're like, okay, we have finally made it. Um, so you're seeing that sigh of relief, but also that buzz of like, all right, this is what everything has built towards. Well, let's actually talk a little X's and O's. Going against a Scambia Academy tonight, pretty cool in, in the private school leagues. You get to cross state lines uh, occasionally. Uh, what's PCS? What's their strengths going into this year? And, and what do you expect out of a Scambia tonight? Look, for us, uh, I think you'll see pretty quick that, that Marquise Crosby is going to be a key point for us. You know, he, he had a great year last year, almost 1,500 yards and about 12 touchdowns, if I remember that correctly. But, you know, he was injured almost all season long. He was coming off of a broken ankle in the summer, um, actually had a, a, a turf toe and an ingrown toenail issue for the rest of the year uh, that kind of gave him a little bit of a limp, but still had a great season. And really will rely pretty heavily on him. Rico Dorsey, um, who's going to be a redshirt freshman at Southern Miss this year, he, he was a, a, an all-world athlete for us last year. Um, and, and Rico, or, uh, excuse me, Marquise has put a ton of work in just to prepare himself for the load that he's going to carry. He's, he's packed on about another 10 pounds of muscle and just a special, special athlete. And really, you know, our offensive line is about as big as we've been in, in three, four, five years. Um, you know, got big Carter Edwards. He's got a couple offers on the, on the table right now. Braden Peters, who has, has packed on about 30 pounds. And we've got some big boys up there this year that we're going to really rely on. And, you know, a lot of it comes to the leadership of the quarterback, too. Colin Nikes is going to be his third year starting. He started as a freshman, kind of took his licks, and then has built up to where he is now. And, you know, he's got a very steady presence back there because he's seen all this before. So offensively, you know, we should be pretty steady. We'll look to see a, a slew of running yards. You know, our, our coach said that if Marquise gets about 200 yards and then we've got Briggs something wrong, if he gets about 70 yards, that's a great day for us, obviously. That's a pretty um, good day for everybody, for anybody, exactly. Coach. That right. is a great day. That is our goal. <laughs> we say, you know, if we can accomplish those things, we've got this game. Um, because the Scambia, you know, they've got great athletes. I mean, last year was a great game. We took them to overtime. Actually ended up being a missed extra point. It was a difference in the game. And, you know, they're going to come out in the five- and six-man front, and they're going to essentially say, all right, we're going man coverage. We're sending five, six people with you. You've got to beat them. And they've got some great athletes. So it'll be a hard-nosed game with a bunch of good athletes on the field. So I'm really excited to see how it all pans out. All right, Coach, hang on if you can. We've got a really short three-minute break. I've got one more question I'd like to ask of you. Sure. And, uh, and then, obviously, we want to let our listeners know uh, how they can tune in uh, here and see the ball game tonight because we actually have a high school football game uh, in Mississippi to talk about. Also, Luke and I'll be talking about the new uh, attendance restrictions for the opening Southern Miss game, which is now, believe it or not, less than two weeks away. So we're actually talking about football games today on the Eagle Hour, and we will continue. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back to the Friday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Kelly will be joining us here in just a moment. Uh, this segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. You know it. They've got the best selection of apparel anywhere, anywhere on the planet. You can shop there six days a week if you're looking for Southern Miss swag, or you can go to campusbookmark.net. We're talking to Rob Shalito, who is the athletic director at Presbyterian Christian School. They're kicking off high school football tonight. Uh, you can hear it uh, right here on uh, 97.3 in Hattiesburg, WFMM, supertalkhattiesburg.com online, or at pcsbobcats.live if you want to get the uh, video stream of the ball game. Coach, you told us during the break, I found that interesting, that when your guys are playing at home, you're going to be under attendance restrictions that were outlined by the governor. But tonight in Alabama, it's Katie Bar the Door. Tonight, I'm going to explain where people look. They're, they're letting anybody that can come in the stadium. So that, that's, that's an exciting for people like the, the, the first football game, get them there, get them supporting our Bobcats. It's still a trek. I mean, it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive over to, to Atmore, Alabama. But, you know, it's been fun hearing how many people are going to be making that trip, which is going to make next week a, a little bit more difficult since we're under that two, two spectators per participant restriction here in Mississippi. Um, but uh, uh, at least this week, you know, we get to say, "Hey, come one, come all. Let's watch our Bobcats." Right, and you're the you're the big show in town here in South Mississippi tonight, Coach. Uh, you're going to have the only the only high school game on the air tonight. That that's just such a fun thing for us. You know, we we love getting to to showcase what we're doing over here and how things are operating. I'm really proud of our athletics programs. And, you know, being able to partner with you, partner with you guys really is a, a unique opportunity for us to, to let other people know what we're doing, how we're operating. Um, so it is. It's going to be fun. You know, we know that, that uh, so to say, all eyes are going to be on us um, because we are the only show in town, and people are going to see how we're operating as a football team and how we're operating as a school. But, like I said, I really believe in the policies and procedures we have in place. I believe in how our teams have prepared. So I think we're we're ready for the attention and excited about it. Good deal. All right. Anything else from you, Luke? Yeah, I, what's been the response, I guess, from uh, your fans and families and people that support uh, PCS? What, what has kind of been their, uh, you know, response to the fact of you guys just plowing through and implementing this stuff? Has everybody been on board, and, and what's the response been? You know, anytime there's change, there's always going to be some pushback. And initially, when we were putting some of these policies in, um, we always kind of joked there were two camps, and, and you can never make either camp happy with what you're doing. And, and you know, there's still pieces of that that are there. But uh, I think our people have had enough time to see why we're doing what we're doing and why we are putting our policies in place. Now, there's definitely frustration on the the two uh, spectators per participant. Um, you know, we get the emails, hey, so they're telling me that I can't have my my son there or siblings there, and at which point I say, hey, here's the email for the governor's office. Feel free to reach out. Here's some points you can make. Um, so I, I think our people are really starting to see the things that we're doing to keep our kids safe and, and them safe because at the end of the day, that's our top priority. Um, but then also there's some things that we – we disagree with at times as far as some of the executive orders, and we just let our people work through the uh, the democratic process and reach out to who they need to reach out to. Well, it sounds good, Coach, and uh, we're really excited. want to officially welcome uh, Presbyterian Christian School to the Super Talk family. We, of course, this corporation broadcasts high school football all over Mississippi. We think it's uh, 
We think it's a really important American tradition uh, to have high school ball on the radio on Friday night. As you may know, Luke does uh, the play-by-play for all of our Jones County broadcast, and you will be joining Caleb Hamill uh, doing the PCS broadcast throughout the year, and uh, we just can't tell you how excited we are to have you. Hey, we are too. We're excited on our end. We think this is going to be a real fun partnership. And like I said, we're excited to be as part of the Super Talk family. All right. The kickoff is at watch, se- watch. Go ahead. Watch that Caleb Hamill dude. He'll eat all the food in the press box. Okay? <laughs> he's already asked Just about kidding. that. He's guy. extremely, he's extremely good with what he does. You'll have a great time with yes, Caleb. There's no hey, question. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Got to spend a little more time with him this morning. So I think we're going to have a good time. Good deal. All right, you can hear the game tonight on 97.3 FM, WFMM, in the Hattiesburg area, anywhere on supertalkhattiesburg.com, pcsbobcats.live if you want to watch the video stream. High school football returns with uh, Presbyterian Christian School. And, Coach, best of luck. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. Have a great rest of the day. All right. So, uh, Luke Johnson, what do you think about that, man? A live football game tonight. I know I'm going to be listening. I'm I'm going to be listening. I mean, it's it, in a lot of ways, I, I've been a proponent of this. Of course, I want to protect people. Of course, you know, I don't want to put people in unnecessary danger. At the same token, you're going to see if we're able to play 75 to 80% of high school games, I feel like our communities will begin to at least – in some ways, psychologically stabilize, if that makes any sense at all, because mm-hmm. there will be a somewhat of a normality. Now, it just takes you know a couple of cases like what we've seen uh, with Seminary and and Northeast Jones, and you know you, you get shut down. But I'm telling you, it's a boost in morale for a community, even if they can't go to the game, for somebody to turn on their radio and say. Football is back. No. It is. Uh, it's. It's. It's a big deal. You're a hundred percent right. And you know, in, in times of stress, it is just getting back to the normal, getting back to feeling like things are are, are normal and the way they should be. That can oftentimes alleviate a lot of stress. I think this is going to be a real shot in the arm uh, tonight uh, in this area. I think you're one hundred percent right. And uh, then I think when you guys get cranked up in Jones County and and our, our listeners all here in South Mississippi know that they can once again start tuning into the radio on Friday night and hearing high school football. That's just got to be a win-win for everybody, Luke. And, yeah, and, and what people will realize is with the, with the limited capacities, and we'll talk more about Southern Miss in, in the next segment, what it means for them. But, you know, I've, I've had so many people tell me, um, particularly some of the, like, the old guard with Laurel High School, um, you know, people that were uh, around, uh, you know, when, when George Blair was coaching and even the, like 1990 state championship with Laurel and, and then, you know, just people that have been around Laurel High School for a long time. I can't tell you there was a lot of people and it's even, and even sometimes it's players, families who couldn't make it to the game. People will text me and call me and say, sometimes it is so refreshing just to go home from work, to not have to face a crowd. And we're so thankful that you, you know, you guys do that job on Friday night because we will go grill something and we will sit back in our recliner and we will listen to football. And in some ways, some people actually enjoyed a radio broadcast because they could just chill out. Right. And it was almost reminiscent of days gone by. And, and so I think the radio is going to, our, our productions and the games we'll put on this year are really going to help people on, on Friday nights. 
at, at the end of a long week. And I think what the purpose of sports is helps us to escape, and I think it's going to happen this year. No question, and, and I don't mind saying a bit. We're very fortunate to have you and Caleb Hamill doing the games for our stations here in Laurel and Hattiesburg. You, you guys both are very passionate about it. You're excellent at what you do. And, uh, you know, it's just it's really refreshing uh, to hear you guys on a Friday night. And I'm just happy to say that it starts tonight. Now, Luke, uh, the, the governor lets it be known yesterday about the restrictions on seating at college football games. We are working to get the Jeremy McLean on next week. And, and once they get those policies set at Southern Miss, he's going to come on and talk to us. Also, the Eagles will be scrimmaging this weekend. Jack Duggan will be here Monday to uh, to uh, analyze the scrimmage. But have you heard anything at all from your sources in regard to how they're leaning uh, toward this 25% capacity? Well, I mean, the, the governor, we can break it down a little more. We're going to hit a commercial break here in about a minute or so. But but what, what it is, it, it continues what he had already said. The executive order that he had previously, was it was at 25% capacity. So that's what it is. It's going to expire uh, on August 31st, but they're going to ex- it's, it's all probable they're going to extend it. And so it'll affect the first collegiate game it'll affect is September 30th in South Alabama. So 25%. Um, there's going to be a ban on social gatherings. So no tailgating, no picnics, no like fanfare areas. Um, and so basically if you're on campus, you will be going to the game. Like that's, that's the reason for it. The governor said that he, he loves tailgates, but it's better than what some states are doing, prohibiting football uh, altogether. Right. Um, 25% capacity rule, uh, will apply to bowl seating. As long as uh, six feet of social distance uh, is available, so if you're not within somebody from your your own household, you've got to be six feet apart. I think six and under don't have to wear a mask. Everybody else will be required to wear a mask, and uh, we'll get into some more of it, you know, with with Kelly next. But you know, this is the price that if we want football, let's just be thankful we we've got football. Well, there's no question because we've been debating for five months whether or not there was going to be football and. Uh... You know, we know there's going to be high school football. It's starting in just a few hours tonight, and uh, then it appears that we're going to have college football as well, although the atmosphere will certainly be different. All right, Kelly Sanders uh, on the line. We're going to bring him on the show right after this. We've got two more segments, and then there'll be another week of the Eagle Hour in the books. Stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour on this last day of the work week brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. One of Bob Getty's favorite places to eat. Absolutely. And it's Friday, too. It's Friday. Catfish. Catfish. And, uh, 
one of the uh, we we want football COVID go away. We want all of our football, but we want our remotes back Absolutely. because we we miss eating uh, together at Four Street Bar and Grill. You can eat there <laughs> every sure. day, eight ninety five with a free drink. Compliments of Fourth Street Bar and Grill located in Hattiesburg on Fourth Street. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Appreciate you joining us on this Friday. Kelly Sander joins us now. And Kelly, uh, just kind of want to go through this and, and talk a little and then get your, your comments about it. Governor Reeves with an executive order yesterday and uh, with, with Ole Miss and Mississippi State not playing till the last Saturday in September, this uh, affects Southern Miss immediately. A 25% stadium capacity. Uh, so what that means is M.M. Roberts, with a little over 36,000, will be limited somewhere in the 9,000 range. No social gatherings outside of stadiums, so no tailgating, no picnics, no fanfare areas. Uh, a few more notes. Everyone over the age of six must wear a mask as they enter or exit the stadium unless they are seated. Uh, so if you're actually sitting down with your family unit, you don't have to, to wear a mask. Uh, individuals allowed on the sidelines are limited to only those essential for the game. Concession stands will be open, though they are encouraging uh, universities to provide grab-and-go. Uh, all the transactions should be contactless and touchless. And if you're going up uh, to the uh, the suites, elevator capacity limited to family units or a maximum of five people. Kelly, kind of what we talked about yesterday, um, but a little more specifics. How does that affect Southern Miss, and, and what's your thoughts on it? Well, the first thing I have to say, Luke, is they're going to be very serious about it. Uh, there was, there was, a, it's all over social media today about a high school game that was, uh, that was played last night. And, uh, people started out doing what they were supposed to be doing with the fans. I'm talking about started doing what they should doing by wearing their masks and so on. But as the game progressed, you know, people started sitting down, you know, closer to each other. Some people were taking their masks off and things like that. And the athletic director and the principal, um, the athletic director and the principal actually stopped the game. They stopped the game and would not allow the game to proceed until the fans did what they were supposed to do, to get back in the seats where they were, put their masks back on. So I know that, uh, that officials are going to be very serious about this. But, you know, we talked yesterday on the show, Luke, that I'm sure there will be some communique from Southern Miss officials as to, what the priority is going to be as far as, you know, the two, two tickets per player and then, you know, season ticket holders and then band members. And that may very well wipe out just the, uh, the John Q. Public fan, you know, the walk-up uh, single game tickets. So I would, I would think a 25%, that would about fill it up. Right. Uh, Luke, make the comment, though, Kelly, hey, you want football? You can have football, but you got to cooperate. Got to do and, that's kind of, and that was the message of, of the high school folks last night, you know, that, right. uh, that look, we're, we're not kidding about this. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people go, well, you know, I can sneak this into the game. I can get away with it or, mm-hmm. you know, things that they can get away with, but they're not going to be able to get away with this. So just be serious about it, right? you know, and, and hopefully we can get these numbers down and, and the rules, you know, would change. Right. We got a couple of uh, messages from listeners uh, here during the course of the show. I'm going to relay these questions to you guys. Uh, either one of you can answer this, Luke. The uh, the first question was uh, they were asking us to comment a little bit on the number of kids that are opting out at Southern Miss and transferring. Is this all just a result of COVID and the current situation, or is it your 
view that there may be an underlying issue here. When we talked to Heath Hinton on uh, Tuesday from Big Gold Nation, we were at four in the last really 24 hours. Two more guys are opting out. Um, Garrett Crawford, he's a redshirt sophomore defensive lineman, and Junior Carswell, a redshirt sophomore defensive lineman. Carswell was actually a three-star recruit in 2018. Um you, you look at the guys that have opted out, and we should mention all these guys are transferring. I saw on Twitter, and, and I'll confirm this during the commercial break just to make sure, but looks like Jalen Adams has entered the transfer portal. He was kind of the last one. Uh, we didn't know. Uh, was he just opting out as a redshirt junior? But college football rankings on Twitter is uh, reporting that he has entered the transfer portal. So anyway, uh, when you look at these guys one by one, Heath walked us through Turner's situation. And, and Turner ha- has uh, several family members that had COVID. Uh, Rakeem Booth's uh, knee was not back. He actually re-injured it some during camp, and he wasn't where he could play. Makes sense. Steven Anderson was a guy, um, you know, he, he had a uh, – they, they changed his position. He came as a quarterback. He went to a running back. Hadn't been utilized probably as best as he thought, and then no idea about Crawford and Carswell. But but it, it does bother me a little bit that you've got three guys from the same position that are leaving. But when you've got four or upperclassmen, um, Anderson gets two years left, Adams gets two years left, Turner and Booth make the most sense to me. But Jalen Adams has kind of been a guy, you know, he's, he's been a little wishy-washy here and there. And, and the reason he came to Southern Miss was that he flipped at the last second, I think, from Troy. So... I think it's a combination of a lot of things happening at once, and maybe when one guy leaves, it empowers the next guy to leave. But this is happening all over the country too, so you know don't don't think there's a dumpster fire going on. And he's got a pretty good pulse of what's going on inside the football program. I asked him that mm-hmm. question specifically with four guys, and he seemed to say, "Yeah, there, there's there's nothing really that's triggering this. There's nothing really going on underneath the scenes." Two more though since then, is that correct? Two more since that interview with Heath. Yes. Okay. And and, and I want to I want to just say this, and I am not at all suggesting that, that that's why the six players have left Southern Miss. But one of the things, one of the things in the culture that we're dealing with now, even in athletics, you see it in travel baseball and softball and soccer with younger kids, is kids, generally speaking, don't want to have to compete for playing time anymore. They want to go where they're going to be the person. Mm-hmm. Okay, And as soon as somebody else shows up that threatens their position it's i don't want to compete i'll just i'll go maybe even to a lesser program so that i can be the guy does that make they're they're just there's not as much of the competitive culture now with kids as there were back in the day i'm not making fun i'm just saying it is what it is and lots of times instead of staying so much truth for that number one job and solidify it they're just leaving. There's so now, much those, truth to that. Me, and, and and let me just say this real quick, look, then I'll back out. And, and there's none of this anymore, Kelly. I, I remember one time when I was a kid, it's funny how you remember way back into your childhood, I went out for a Little League baseball team, and I came home after about four or five practices and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to play baseball. And my father quickly answered that for me. He goes, yes, you are. You committed to being on the team. They accepted you on the team, and you're going to finish out the year whether you ever come off the bench or not. But you're not going to commit to something and then walk away because you're not getting your way. And and probably, Bob, when you were playing, 
take, for example, the age groups, the nine-year-olds used to play with the 12-year-olds, 9, 10, 11, and 12. So obviously a nine-year-old kid is not going to start ahead of, you know, even the weakest 12-year-old kid. That's just the way it was. You, You waited your turn. You took your lumps, That's you got right. better, exactly knowing right. sooner or later you would be 12. Exactly right. Luke, I didn't mean to interrupt you, bud. No, you're good. There was a guy I played with, and his name's Dylan Kleckler. Kleckler came in. He was a class of 2000. He was uh, from the Panhandle of Florida. We had a lot of great defensive players from from the Panhandle of Florida. Kleckler comes in and immediately realizes that there's this uh, linebacker that's pretty good and that he's going to be Rod Davis's backup for four years. He just he realizes that. He comes in, and, of course, Rod lights the world on fire. You know what Cleck did? Cleck worked his tail off. He was a, a special teams just demon. I mean, he, was, he would crush people. He would have started probably anywhere else he would have gone. He just got behind this dude named Rod Davis. And Cleck waited until his senior year, which was 2004, and he played – and uh, he was he was one of the the he was filled in for Rod that year because Rod had graduated, and Cleck had an amazing season. He was out there with uh, on either side of him was Michael Bowley and Antoine Cash, and I watched that dude understand his role, not whine about it, go out there and grind every day. And I would say one of the reasons that Rod Davis, obviously a freak, an amazing linebacker, but one of the reasons that Rod Davis, what contributed uh, what contributed to the success he had is because Dylan Kleckler pushed Rod right. a lot of times. I mean, he would right behind him, and Dylan was, was so good. You know what Dylan does now? At age 38, he's an MMA fighter, crushing people. There you go. And it goes back to that is the type – of uh, that is the type of athlete that is not found very many places today on, in college football. Yeah, I, I remember Kleckler, man. He was a stud. Right. Yeah, he he played really well. But but that that transfer portal, all these these numbers, higher numbers going up at the transfer portal. A lot of it is because guys just don't want to compete anymore. Right. Oh, this this stud came in. Well, I'm I'm I'll I'll go to program. Right. You know, I'll go to East wherever state just so that I can be the starter and not have to work. All right, Luke, real quick. Second question sent to us by a listener. Did Luke record the Democratic National Convention last night? We'll be back right after this on the Eagle Hours. Stick with us. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Friday brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, or you can go online and view all their inventory on toyotahattiesburg.com. When you're thinking to make your next vehicle purchase, make it with Toyota of Hattiesburg. Also, just a, a reminder, also so thankful for a D1 
training and DBAT sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. They're located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, right next to Best Buy in the old Gaddy Town, building uh, absolutely tremendous facilities. you got to go by there and, and see them yourself. Uh, you can go on their Facebook page also and just kind of check out what's going on. D1 uh, training there for uh, you, DBAT there for uh, your kids, softball and baseball training. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Kelly, um, we, we got busy talking about capacity, but uh, a few more news stories need to cover uh, today. I know um, you've got a couple things just to, to make note of this. ULM, University of Louisiana Monroe, has suspended football activities uh, due to some COVID upticks, and then you got some news from the Big Ten, I heard. Yeah, ULM now, that makes the second team from the, the uh, conference. Uh, help me out, guys. Sunbelt. Sunbelt. Yeah, Sunbelt. second team from the Sunbelt because uh, Appalachian State, of course, is shut down, and now now ULM. So we'll see. But uh, the the victim of the of the the number crunches as far as money goes are continuing to be felt around the country. Uh, the University of Iowa announced today that they project a seventy million dollars shortfall from not playing football this fall. So at the end of this academic year, some other sports are being cut. The men's and women's diving and swimming teams are going by the wayside. The men's tennis team is also um, going to be going to be done away with at the University uh, of Iowa. So um, more sports, you know, there's only so many dollars to go around. But um, that's just, you would expect that, that that will be the way it's going to be for a lot of schools across the country. But Iowa making that, uh, that announcement today. Men's and women's swimming and diving and men's tennis also uh, being forfeited what a weird year different uh a few few different other uh, notes utep announces they will have 18 percent capacity for home football games i could go a lot there um but someone someone else announcing that on um social media for them not sure maybe their uh their robust social media program is now only at 18 percent capacity western kentucky is going to visit byu and we haven't talked about byu obviously on this program but you you looked at you know umass folded new mexico state folded some of these independent schools it seems like man byu just is is uh been scheduling away at people and and kelly does that surprise you much because you know they're they're going to have to travel a lot being out west because nobody's playing out west yeah, no, it, it doesn't surprise. I mean, BYU is really one of those blue-collar schools that kind of gets unnoticed lots of times. Um, they they do get noticed in the sense that a lot of their athletes are older. Uh, you know, a lot of their juniors and seniors, mm-hmm. it's not unusual for them to be 24, 25 years old. And and that's, you know, regular procedure at BYU because they're of the, um, of the Mormon faith. And lots of times out of high school, those kids will do their mission work, right. you know, go for a two-year mission. So, they don't even start college until like they're 21 years old. And there are a lot of advantages for that, you know, having older athletes. But man, you, Southern Miss has that that phrase anywhere, anytime. You know, BYU's kind of been that way for years. They're not afraid to go anywhere. And let me tell you something: you really get ready for a battle in any sport. You're playing BYU. No question. Well, they got some money too. Yeah, they're tough. They, they they remind me of a Boise State, Kelly. Kind of a small school, but but really competitive. Yeah, and, and, and you, you think, you know, people go, well, that, that works against uh, the guys being 24 or 25 if they want to be drafted. But, man, those guys are tough as a $2 steak, usually, you wow. know. And, um, and so I, it doesn't surprise me at all. They'll, they'll play you wherever you want to play. And, like I said, don't think you're going to get a cakewalk. No. You better get ready to lace them up because they're going to come after you. 
You know, guys, it's such a weird year with COVID and players dropping out and people wanting to kill the Dixie Darlings. It's so odd, you know, I had this dream that there are actually going to be two hurricanes in the Gulf of Mexico at the same time next week. Was that a dream, Kelly? Bob, I hope it was a dream. <laughs> Can you believe that? That? <laughs> that, that, would be, that would just be a downright case of the year 2020 just showing off. Now. Oh, man. Right. Can you believe that that possibly is going to happen next week? And they're... They're going to bring in murder love bugs. Just get ready, because I've seen the first wave of love bugs that have started to come in. Wait till we have two tropical storms in the same week. Nobody's white car will be white anymore. Just get ready for that. No. Yeah, I was one, going back to the listener that asked me about the Democratic National Convention. Uh, no, I did not watch it. No, I did not watch the highlights. But I heard also that they're on the uh, anti-Dixie Darling uh, thing, sure. too, because they said one of the most pressing, harmful things about our society are the Dixie Darlings at the University. University of Southern Mississippi. I'm sure. Yeah, I think that was in Biden's speech, Kelly. Did you catch that part? I I had fallen asleep uh, right after Joe fell asleep. Now I have I have parental controls on my TV, Bob. So, so if there's <laughs> if there's subject matter that would be harmful to children and stuff, I I, I don't I don't even get those programs. It was and, it was kind of tragic. I, I saw the media saying he had given a great speech. The problem was he just didn't remember it, and it, you know he he'll never know. Just how wonderful he was, according to the media. This is Joe Biden, and I forgot this message. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we hope you won't forget us next week. We'll be back at 1 o'clock. We hope to have Jeremy McClain on the show next week to uh, talk to us about the attendance restrictions. Uh, Jack will be with us Monday to uh, uh, review uh, the weekend scrimmage. We'll have lots of stuff to talk about next week. Remember, PCS football tonight, supertalkhattiesburg.com. 97.3 WFML. See you Monday. Until then, Southern Miss. To the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.